Hi there, everyone. I'm Gwen Jones, and welcome to this week's episode of the I'm a Rotarian podcast, the weekly podcast where I introduce you to amazing people that proudly call themselves Rotarians. Well, this week, I'm off to a birthday party, a centennial birthday party. Grace Funseal from the Rotary Club of Johannesburg, South Africa, joins me this week to tell me about a birthday party 100 years in the making. Can you believe it? The Rotary Club of Johannesburg, South Africa is celebrating 100 years as a Rotary Club. And let me tell you, they are going to put on one heck of a party that I can't go to. (laughs) But she's going to tell me all about it anyway. So join me, won't you? Grace Funseal from Johannesburg, South Africa joins me this week on the I'm a Rotarian podcast. And as always... I thank you so much for joining me. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I have another new friend, and I did quite a lot of traveling this today. I am heading all the way to Johannesburg, South Africa, to meet Grace Funseal. And Grace has so many titles that, you know, you're going to have to sit with me a second. She is not only going to be the president during the centennial year of Johannesburg's club. That means they've been around for a hundred years, people. She is also the fundraising, uh, foundation fundraising chair of District 9400. She's been the president three times. She runs the Peace Builders Action Club. And uh, gosh, I'm trying to think, is there any other types? I think that's it. Why don't you just say hello, Grace? The Polio so Plus Chair as That's well. right. <laughs> Polio Plus Chair as well. Grace Funseal, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. That's an absolute pleasure, Gwen, and thank you for inviting me. It's really a great honor to be part of your podcast. Oh, great honor. I know we're just starting. You may change your mind by the end of it. You never know. But (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much. So I'm going to start with first things first. Um, When we were talking a little bit before the podcast, you had said that your group, Johannesburg, South Africa, is celebrating 100 years years. Now, I'm from the States, and we get very cocky here in the United States. We think that we have all the old clubs. In fact, right down the street from me is Seattle 4 in Seattle, Washington. So I have two questions for you. One, how did you guys get to be 100 years old? And I know that sounds like an obvious kind of weird question because you've been around for 100 years. But And then what is the number of your club? Do you know that? Um, I do, but I, I've forgotten. Oh, <laughs> I've got, I've got your question. The first one. I know the charter number, but I don't okay. know the actual number. So our club was formed. Um, we, we had a few clubs from the United Kingdom that tried ah. to form a club in South Africa um, with no success until we had a Rotarian, Edward C. Fisher, from the Rotary Club of Pittsburgh in the United States. There you go. Okay. South Africa on numerous occasions and had a couple of meetings with us. The first meeting was held in January of 1921, and he convened a few meetings. And on the 25th of April, 1921, the conversation went something like, well, gentlemen, because obviously there were no ladies at that stage. Let's right, talk right. And 
a, a document was completed on the 25th of April, 1921, with 45 signatures on to form the Rotary Club of Johannesburg. And obviously, snail mail was really snail mail in those days. <laughs> it was gonna, and ship and a, you know, cart and all kinds of things to get it, yes. So, so the decision was made to form the club on the 25th of April. The document was signed and submitted to Rotary International. And we were chartered on the 1st of July, 1921, with charter number 976. And um, um, okay. we still have contact with Rotarians from the Rotary Club of Pittsburgh. So are, are you almost in a, in a way kind of like a, a sister club to Pittsburgh in a way or just... Just, no, they've only just reconnected with us because we're turning a hundred. Ah, um, uh, yes, yeah. So, so we're very, very happy that they've reconnected with us. Um, they were part of our induction, our centennial induction in June, July. Right. Um, come to our major events. They want to support us in our centennial celebrations as well as our centennial project that we have planned. Ah, which I'm going to hear all about that. Uh, we're going to, we're going to tease everybody with a little bit of a, of a brief history of Johannesburg. So, uh, well, so one, wow, congratulations. A hundred okay. years as I, I, my particular club is coming up on a decade, so we're we're 10% of what, <laughs> of what you will be. So congratulations. Well, let's do some of those questions that we're known for. And, and it's funny because um, I was telling that most people I send the questions to, and I did not send them to you. So I'm going to say, recorded for posterity, that there are no gotcha questions, I promise. In fact, the one that we usually start off with is very simple, and that is, what is your earliest recollection of Rotary? And what is your first experience with the organization? So my earliest recolle um, recollection was probably in 1982. I was in high school. I'm giving my age away. I was in high school. I was probably about 16 years old. And our school was recruiting people to go on a Rotary Youth Exchange and I remember that it was to Australia. I don't know. They, they did things differently in those days. And right. I really desperately wanted to go on Rotary Youth Exchange. And I came from a family that was very, um, we didn't have it very broad, you know. Um, mm -hmm. My parents didn't have the kind of money to send me on Rotary um, Youth Exchange. And they used that as an excuse. And the other excuse was my mom said she couldn't uh, part with me for a whole year. Oh, see, that was good, mom. Nice answer. And that was, was this, my first experience of Rotary. And was this always, have you always lived in the South African Johannesburg area? You grew up yes. there? Probably, um, uh, probably about a 30 mile radius, um, you know, within, in, in the, surrounding areas of Johannesburg, yes. Mm -hmm. So uh, an amazing part of the world to live in. It's got some amazing history. Absolutely. So um, when then, what made you first want to want to join Rotary? So you I were got involved in a Rotary project that also, um, by, by the way, is a project that came from the United States, um, ah. from Keith Carruthers. And I was very fortunate to actually attend one of the Rotary meetings of the club that started this 
this particular project. The project is called STRIVE and it's for um, grade 11 learners that are at risk. So they have the grade 11 learners are generally um, 16, 17 year olds that are not performing well at school, but have the potential to do so. Right. And we then um, mentor these children and uncover what the obstacles are um, preventing them to, to achieve. And mm-hmm. it's an 11-week program where the, where the student has a, one, a, a mentor that has a one-on-one relationship with them, teaches them time management, life skills, the four-way test, uh, how to deal with peer pressure, study wow. skills planning, goal setting. It's, it's a really, really amazing, amazing project, um, project. And I mentored in this project for about two or three years before mm-hmm. I actually became a Rotarian. And that's how I was introduced to Rotary. I was going to say, you've, you've, you've dabbled around the edges of it, you know, wanting to be an exchange student and then working with that. It, it, it almost seems like a natural progression. Absolutely. So, then you must have some amazing inspirational moments then, or is there, is there a, is there something in all your years that you can think of right now and you can get a little smile on your face and you go, hmm, that, that was fun. That was worth being a Rotarian for. Is there any of those you can think of? I think um, the question should be, are there any moments that are not? Because I think when you become there a you Rotarian go. and you, you, you get involved and you help people just become the best version of themselves, whether it's an individual, whether it's a community, a school, um, it, it doesn't matter. You know, the energy and the passion and, and just wanting people to be better versions of themselves, when that actually happens, there's no greater reward than mm. actually seeing the result. So the question should be, is there a moment that is not wow? Um, I think yeah. every moment when, when you're touching people's lives is wow. Um, yeah. But if I had to choose um, about an, an experience, is I do a financial savvy course, um, which, is, which is my vocation. I'm in the financial services industry. But I do it to community members that have never been exposed to um, that kind of um, education. And they're really in a position where they don't know how to make financial decisions. And I was involved with a women's empowerment group that were impoverished. And it was a community where there was 80% unemployment. The men were unemployed. They um, either left the town or they had an alcohol problem or a drug problem. And these women had to go out and put food on the table. And a lot of um, the women in in various cultures, we've got quite a few different cultures in in our country, but some of the cultures, women are very still um, undermined, you know, undermined. They they Mm -hmm. don't have rights. Um, and when they start earning money, the, the husband automatically thinks he um, she's soliciting money um, through through things that she shouldn't be doing. And, right. and there's a lot of abuse and that kind right. of thing. Um, so I was involved with this um, this woman, these women, and I've taken these women um, to Rotary International conventions on a few occasions to market their products, and they, they're just phenomenal. They, they've touched my life in so many ways. 
But um, after my savvy course that I gave them, the financial savvy course, the December that had just passed after the course, none of them had actually cashed in any of their savings. They had kept their <laughs> savings good, for good. education of their children. And to me, that was probably one of the most touching things that could have ever happened. Because if you understand how those women live and um, the pressures that they face, mm-hmm. you have saved this money and applied the discipline to say, I'm saving for something bigger right. and not I'm cashing it in to go buy a Christmas present because um, that's what I need to do for my children. So I think that was one of my wow moments. And then one would think that, that, they're going to carry on this knowledge to their children and then their children's children. One would hope that, you know, it, it would, it would just, you're, you're planting a seed there, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So awesome. I would, that would bring a smile to my face too. Well, you are grace in one of our um, most amazing parts of the world. You are in Johannesburg, South Africa, and you've been around for a hundred years. And we always ask um, clubs, you know, What's different about now in Rotary and your club, you know, over the years, but we can't, we can't talk about Johannesburg. We can't talk about being there for a hundred years without talking about some of the um, amazing and heartbreaking history of your beautiful city, Um, especially apartheid, especially, you know, the wonderful uh, Nelson Mandela, as well as other wonderful leaders and parts of that world. Um, I guess the first question is to ask, I am assuming that your club is totally and completely open to anyone that wishes to come to your club. Is that correct? Absolutely. Um, Let's just tell you that um, two years ago, this club was on the verge of closing down. Okay. So we, we were sitting with 14 members and I think everybody was just hanging on to celebrate the centennial you know, be around for the 100 years and let's merge with another club because the membership was quite old, okay. you know, and they were stuck. They were they were really stuck in their ways. We managed to turn it around and we now sitting, we don't have a lot of members, but we're sitting at 22 members now from a base of 14. Mm-hmm. And we have brought in um, a lot of black um, South Africans and they are in 28, 30 age group. Um, some so young professionals. People. Yeah. Young professionals. And they have just brought an amount of energy into this club that is unbelievable. So, yes, we've got, um, we've got a few 80-year-olds. We've got a few 50-year-olds. We've got Indian. We've got colored. We've got black. We've got white. We've got male and we've got females. So, yes, we're definitely open to, to all and then, the And I think, I think that's wonderful to, to say and, and actually get the, get the elephant out of the room there because you, if you do have somebody who is in your club that's 80 years old and you have a young professional, a 30-something-year-old, I mean, it's, it's funny that you're literally going to have somebody who was there during that dark part of your city and somebody who was pretty much born after all of that took place and in some ways may know it from their history books but would have absolutely no idea what happened during that time and another person you know perhaps the 80 year old may have had to really 
swallow their beliefs to let Please. that Rotarian in his group. And, and that's, it's, it's inspirational to actually hear that. I mean, I think uh, being here in the United States where we are, I am saddened to say I've had a really rough year around race and around how we treat each other and being a Rotarian that, you know, has to, has having to deal with that face-to-face, something that we haven't done as much um, here in the United States or haven't done in a while. So thank you. I, I, I think the, the listeners will be really thrilled to hear of so much diversity in a city that was known for not or separation of all of all races. That's that's pretty awesome. And I must just tell you, Gwen, as well, you know, from the very beginning of time, the Rotary Club of Johannesburg has always advocated for the um the 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 black um, South African, you know. So we started by uh, represented them in courts. They couldn't afford legal aid. So um, our Rotarians that had the skills used to represent um, black South Africans in courts free of charge. Um, really, we helped, um, our first the first low cost house that was ever bought built in in Johannesburg was came from our club where we taught a black man, how to build his own house. So a lot of the things that we started 100 years ago have actually been adopted by the country and have been taken to, to higher, um, you know, to, to, to greater heights. <laughs> we helped form the municipalities in one of our biggest um, townships, Soweto, where we believed that those people needed their own municipality. And we were very instrumental in getting that set up. So although the club was a white male club so many years ago, because that's just what the- That's what all clubs were in their defense. Yeah. (laughs) Right. You know, although it was that, we we advocated very much for, for the people that were underprivileged. And we always have, and we continue to do that. You know, it doesn't matter if they are white or black. Um, there is no race. It's, you know, if people need help, they need help. It doesn't matter where you come from. That is awesome. And I and I really think that's a part of, of Rotary history that I don't think ever gets talked about. Um, I don't think it ever gets uh, the... I would just say that the good play that it that it should get. I mean, the whole idea that Rotary was leading the way during um, that part of your city's life is wow. That that was worth that's worth the podcast right there. And we, you know, bravo, bravo. All right, so let's let's get back to one of the questions that um, everybody seems to love. And that's about the four-way test. And, and after the history that you just said, it, it obviously means that the uh, the Rotary Club of Johannesburg has been following the, the four-way test uh, pretty darn well. But uh, what does the four-way test mean to you and, and how do you bring it into your life? So I think one of the things that really encouraged me about being a Rotarian in those very early years was the four-way test. And I think sadly, um, it's made me put people on pedestals. And what we ah. need to remember is that we are all human. And sometimes when you look at other Rotarians, you expect them to live to the four-way test or adhere to the four-way test. At all times. 
at all times. Yeah. And sometimes that doesn't happen and no. you, you get disappointed. But I think Jennifer Jones puts it in a, in, in a way that, you know what, it's not about how I measure other people, um, but it's how I measure myself. And, and yeah. what am I doing to live, you know, according to the four-way test? So for me, I try very hard to, to adhere to that, you know, to answer those four questions before I do anything, before I say anything. But at the end of the day, I'm human and we all are. And, and we all get smitten by that moment that all of a sudden it's like, uh-uh. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. But, but it is, it's, it's my moral compass. And I think it's every Rotarian's moral compass. And I don't think it should actually be a Rotarian's moral compass. I think it should be the human moral compass, because I think if everybody applied that to their lives, I think we just have a much better world. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I, we have talked before on the podcast that somehow the four-way test has turned us all into four-way test police. <laughs> you know, that it's it's much harder to look in the mirror and go, maybe I was not seeking goodwill and better friendship, or maybe it wasn't the best for all concern as far as I was concerned, because I didn't get my way. So therefore, it was not the best for me. Yeah. Uh, we Yeah. So that's been, I think, actually, that's been thought of, brought up more lately. And I find it very interesting over that, I think, over the last 12 months or so that I've done the podcast that a lot of people have brought up that the four-way test in some ways is turning into a way to be a police officer to our fellow Rotarians. I think it's something we need to be applying to ourselves and not being applying to other people. Yeah. Maybe, you know, in theory, we have, we in Rotary, we never really, we didn't brag at all. We didn't talk a lot about who we are and what we did. We always went by our actions and hence the four-way tests were that action that we wanted people to follow. Somehow it's, become more of an outward push and we're turning mm -hmm. into four-way test cops. So maybe we need to, maybe we all need to check in. Like we, like you were saying, the first four, the first few words are of all the things we think, say, think and do. They will do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So then that always leads us to service above self. So what does that one mean to you? You know what? I think if you're involved in Rotary and you are passionate about um, making a positive impact, it's not about service above self. It's natural. It's mm -hmm. it's a way of life. Mm -hmm. It's um it's it's not like you get up in the morning and say, "Well, whose life am I going to improve?" Or um, <laughs> you know, "Who am I going to serve?" Right. I think. Just you are born to serve. I, I I think it's something that is, it comes naturally. I don't think it's something you can teach someone. I don't think it's something you can learn. You either have it or you don't have it. You know, you, mm -hmm. um, it, it's a natural thing. It's, it's trying to help other people around you. And um, I'm, I'm not sure if this phrase is going to mean anything, but in Afrikaans, we have a saying that, um, very loosely translated, you want the sun to shine on everybody. And I think that's mm. what it's about. You want everybody to have that piece of sunshine, that that piece of um, happiness, that piece of sense of belonging and that sense of worth. And I think it's a natural thing. Um, so I don't see it as service above self. I see it as a way of life. Yeah, you you want the sun to shine on everyone. Yes. I love it. Put that on a 
button or something, or maybe, yeah, maybe just look at it every day. When I'm having one of those four-way test police moments, I can double back and say, I want the sun to shine on everyone. Uh, Everyone, even the person who cuts you off in traffic, everyone, everyone. It's not always easy, but yes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So let's get back to your club for a second, because we started this whole thing off by saying that you guys are, are getting old at a hundred years and one would assume that you're not just going to throw one party and maybe throw a little confetti and say, hoorah, we did it a hundred years. What are the big plans? Okay. So we are not just um, turning a hundred years in, in South Africa. We also the first Rotary club on the African continent. So this is an, so you're a twofer. This is an African celebration. So we wow. have um, various zones in Africa and we're having this huge virtual centennial celebration where heads of states from various um, African countries are going to be uh, present. Our own um, state president is going to be making an, a virtual appearance. Our president Holger Knack will be there. Um, Ravi is going to be there. There's going to be so many people from from Rotary International that is going to be coming support to come to support us, and we have um, very thought provoking thought leaders and influential influential people all over Africa going to be keynote speakers at our we making at our district conference. So a district governor is having her district conference at the same time. Wow. We're having a virtual um, exhibition and house of friendship. And that's where the Rotary Club of Johannesburg is really going to feature because we're going to have a conference within a conference where right. we're going to show everybody everything that we've done over the past hundred years, what we're busy with, um, we're going to be featuring our interact clubs, our rotaractors, everything that we we are involved with, our partners, um, our rotarians. So it's going to be really phenomenal. We're also encouraging all the clubs from all over the world. We've built up quite amazing relationships over the past, especially COVID has been absolutely amazing because it's afforded us the opportunity yeah to form these relationships that we Mm -hmm. normally would not have formed. So we have formed relationships all over the world and we're asking all clubs to send us a little video of a minute or less to help us celebrate our birthday. Give us a message. Give us a celebratory message from your club, from your country. And we're going to be showcasing this on our virtual platform as well over those three days. So we're really wanting everybody to come um, on board and help us. So from a district point of view, what we are doing is the district is launching a vocational training team on the 25th of April, Mm -hmm. where we are training 100 peace mediators in Africa. So they are from the community and the university in in Kampala, who has now become a peace center, Mm -hmm. is um, partnering with us. The project is called Arkham. It is funded by a global grant. The global grant came through a couple of weeks ago. So congratulations. (laughs) Happy about that. But we, we're going to be launching that vocational training team for 100 Peace Mediators and the courses are starting where 100 Peace Mediators will be trained up 
to um, leave another legacy of peace going forward. So that's from an Africa and district point of view. From a Rotary Club point of view, our flagship project has always been edu education because we believe that you change a country by educating its people. Absolutely, yeah. So we've had a project that's been running since 1936, and it's an educational program where we provide full bursaries for learners that show potential to be great. And we give them a full bursary. We have up to 45 learners every year that we fully fund. And it's so these are like, so in the States, these would be called uh, like vocational scholarships or some type of a scholarship. Is that what this is? Yes. So it's from, okay. from the ages of six right up to the age of 18. So it's wow. their school okay. year. Mm -hmm. So we fund all of that, but over and above that, we provide those children with a mentor. That mentor helps those children overcome any challenges. It helps them um, study. It, you, you know, that, that person is that go, their go-to person. It's a, it's, so the strength in the program lies in the mentoring. But what we have discovered that, especially in South Africa and especially with COVID, mm -hmm. malnutrition is a big, big problem. Wow. So our government has um, brought in feeding schemes in schools, but it's only from the age of six. So the problem is our children from the age of two to six are malnourished. Are malnourished, and right. Because they are malnourished, they don't have the cognitive ability to become the scientist or the doctor or right. the professor. Mm -hmm. So we need to nourish them. So our Centennial Project, we have partnered with an organization where we are going to enhance the feeding schemes for children from two to six um, with their, their nourishment. And the studies have shown remarkable um, improvement in the, the size, the circumference of the children's head, heads and their arms. and their, their, So it's just not just physical, but mentally. Um, and we believe that if we do that, we are creating a generation for the next hundred years that are going to be really worthy leaders and not um, have people that don't have the cognitive ability to, to be able to lead, lead this country. So that is what the Rotary Club of Johannesburg is embarking on. Um, and, and nutrition, we're calling it nutrition for education. My God, that's so... So you're the first Rotary Club in Africa. You've been around for a hundred years. You're having a huge virtual uh, conference with every single who's who, who's who's who in Rotary International. And then your club itself in Johannesburg is literally working on education from birth to eight in making sure they're hungry and fed and educated. Wow. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's so like I'm, I'm blown away. And that you, that you're a club of, of under 30 people. Uh, you should be incredibly proud of yourselves. I mean, that is just mind blowing. And, uh, and, and for the record, I think you should perhaps look for a little mini minute video from us here on Woodby Island. I think we would be honored yes, to send you one. I think we, we, we are probably the exact opposite in uh, surroundings of how it looks and how, and definitely the temperature right now. So I think, I think we definitely need to uh, add one of those. And I, and I invite everybody who can hear our voice 
do the same. I think that sounds like an amazing idea. I, I, I guess we get kind of spoiled here in America that I just, I have my blinders on and just that all of that is right outside your front door is, Mm -hmm. and the need is right outside your front door is, is amazing. And like I said, I get spoiled. So again, you should be really proud of yourselves. What a year, what a year you're going to have. You must be excited. Really exciting. (laughs) Exhausted, but really excited. We we do need more members and we're hoping that all of this, all of these efforts and um, excitement and hype Mm -hmm. will attract more members. And and we've actually been very fortunate over the last couple of months. We're getting a lot of attention from all over the world. I would say Um, so. Yeah. And when Rotary turned 116 on the 23rd of February, we we had a lot of radio coverage. You know, our Mm -hmm. district governor went Went onto radio and spoke about um, us turning a hundred. You know, Rotary in Africa being a hundred, and she mentioned that it all started with the Rotary Club of Johannesburg. And we had so much traffic on our website where people were just coming to the website to, to find out. We want to know more about Rotary. Tell us more right. about. Rotary. You know, we want to get involved and we had people wanting to get involved in the um, peace mediation, you know, where we um, we training up the peace mediators. So it's really, really been an exciting year. And I think that the attention that Rotary has got in the past couple of months because of the centennial Mm -hmm. is absolutely amazing. And, And, you know, we as Rotarians and Rotary Clubs, should be a lot more out there. We should be a lot more vain about who we are <laughs> and what we do. We really are cool. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because we've had this discussion um, with some some of the people that do. I, I I will call them millennials that are now moving in as these PI or our public image um, people. And the first thing that they say is, you know we talk about rotary. We don't just wear a pin. We make rotary pants and rotary ties and rotary dresses and rotary this and rotary that. And there have been some older folks in the, in the groups that have been just like, Oh no, 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 you don't do that. You don't be so brash. And Mm -hmm. they're really saying, sorry guys, we love you. We respect you. But the new age of rotary is we have to stop being so we, we, we're so hush, you know. Um, we are so hush. I think, that, I think that's where we come from, you know. If, you know, we've always been taught if you want to do good for somebody, you don't broadcast it. You, you don't do brag. You, know, right. you don't brag about it. Right. And that's exactly where we go wrong. We should be bragging about it because mm-hmm. we actually have the right to brag about it. We are the most amazing organization. We're the most powerful networking organization in the world with yeah. a foundation that is for 12, 13 years, won the, uh, the four-star charity navigator, where right. we score 100% for um, transparency and, and um, accountability. And we should be proud of that. And we absolutely should be people about it. You know? Absolutely. And, I mean, and well, and the stories that you were telling us during apartheid. And then we had a, a gentleman that I interviewed weeks ago from uh, from Poland that was saying, well, there's some rotary members that were some of the lead were some of the leaders of the uh resistance during World War II, and they would wear their 
their rotary pins and that's the way they knew they were all together in the same group. And I'm like, okay, that's just cool. <laughs> I didn't know that we had, you know, these superhero resistance fighters in Poland or these, you know, lawyers and, and helpers there. It's, I, yeah, we should brag more. Not everybody can do a podcast and reach out to all you guys. We should have these stories out there. It, yeah, Please. most definitely. So I want to switch topics just a little bit on you because uh, one of the one of the other hats that you wear is that you are part of an action group. And I I was telling you the story because we were just uh, getting ready to record today that when I was told by my club to join an action group, I thought an action group and a fellowship were the same thing. And I was joining fellowships all over the place from pin collecting to world peace to, you know, I've got a friend of mine who's on the bourbon fellowship club. It's supposed to be an excellent club. They talk about bourbon. Not a bad thing to talk about, I guess. What is the difference between an action club and a fellowship? And tell us about your action club. Okay, so so I think a fellowship club is just um, getting Rotarians together that have a common interest or a common passion, right. and you have fellowship around it. You have fun. Right. So um, the, the easiest way to find a fellowship group is to go on Facebook and go look for them. Like I belong to um, a wine fellowship club because I nice. love. Uh, South Africa has some delicious <laughs> wines. You're in a lovely <laughs> place for that. <laughs> Yes. Fellowship is very active on Facebook. And um, I belong to uh, quite a few fellowship groups, but with an action group. So I belong to a few action groups. I belong to um, obviously the Rotary Action Group for Peace. Mm-hmm. Where it's very um, you you start talking about you you actually go through a course. Um, on it's a partnership between the Institute of Economics and Peace and Rotary International. So okay. you can do the course in the morning. Um, there's quite a few modules, but it is mind blowing to actually understand the um, the work that Rotary does. You know, where where we say we want to build goodwill, peace, and understanding in the world. Um, you really get to understand what that means when you go through that course, because every action or every avenue of service of Rotary, our seven avenues of service, actually build positive peace. So there are eight pillars of positive peace and everything we do as a Rotary club or as Rotarians actually promote positive peace. Like if you feed a hungry person, you promote promoting peace within that person. Absolutely. If you're building yeah. a school, mm-hmm. if you're educating someone, you, you're promoting positive peace because it all comes down to, you know, why is there conflict? Why is there mm-hmm. war? Mm-hmm. Because they don't have the things that they, they need or want or they don't have an understanding or there isn't a mediation. So everything we do actually promotes that. So being part of an action group of um, you, you normally there's a fee, you pay a fee, an annual fee. I think mm-hmm. the Rotary Action Group for Peace is 70 US dollars for a year. Okay. And that goes into promoting a whole bunch of things. So we meet on a weekly basis. There are five meetings a week all over the world. Um, I generally go to the one in Turkey because it's the most time zone friendly one for me. And just the um, whole idea that you're that you're going to you have a meeting in Turkey is 
pretty awesome. But Turkey yeah. <laughs> has just had a global um, peace conference where they actually got Prince Charles involved and, and all sorts of things. So, and it's really talking about um, really tough things, you know. Mm-hmm. So, becoming a, a peace club. So, so what you do uh, when you become a peace club, and any club can become a peace club, is to understand that everything you do promotes positive peace. But you need to then be consciously going out there to promote positive peace. And you've got to take on a project a year to say, well, we are going to put our efforts behind this project and we are going to advocate this to the rest of the world or the rest of the community Um, So the project that we were looking at or are looking at is human trafficking. So human trafficking Mm -hmm. is a really, really big problem in in South Africa, not just in South Africa, in the world. And everybody's got their head in the sand because if it doesn't affect them, it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And human traffic isn't just sex or drugs. Um, You know, children are being human, adults are being human trafficked all Mm -hmm. the time. You just look at all these people that rush off to China to go teach China or to mm. teach um, English in China. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of those kids are being human trafficked because they're being promised things that mm-hmm. don't materialize. And that's mm-hmm. human trafficking. So, you know, creating awareness and, and telling people what to look out for helps that they don't fall into that. So that's one of the things that we're going to do as human trafficking. There's another action group, which is an amazing ap- action group, and it's called WASH. So it's the Water and Sanitation and Hygiene Action Group. So they actively um, help you put grants together. They help you to measure sustainability, to um, how do you implement these, these grants. And if you have a water project or sanitation or hygiene project that you want to put in place in your community and you involve that Rotary Action Group, they will actually give you two thousand US dollars towards your project, so wow. and they will give you the skills, and they will give you the input. So it's not just Rotarians that are part of that action group. They bring in the professionals that um, actually can add value to your projects. There's a new action group that's just been formed. I happen to be a charter member of that group, and it's the uh, menstrual hygiene group. It was mm-hmm. just approved about two a week ago, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's um, Suzanne Knark um, sort of put it together, said, well, we need to do this. And and menstrual hygiene, especially in third world countries, is a really big problem. It is. The the girls Mm -hmm. don't go to school because they, you you know, they stay off school. They're embarrassed. They, you know, they, and and in a lot of the rural schools, there isn't even water. So how do you stay, um, you know, how do you, administer hygiene in a situation like that so we have those we well, I was going to say that we we here in Washington have worked with a group um in a couple countries in Africa I think Malawi and, and um I think Kenya called days for girls have yes. you ever heard of them yes yeah yes. so we're we've proudly put together bags for days for girls for about three or four years now and it's one of the it's truly one of the highlights of our club. And it's so that this is an action group. I don't know. Another one I may have to join. So, so get involved <laughs> in that action group because it's just going to give your um, your your project a lot more depth and reach, you know. So when oh, you're okay. involved in the 
coaching group in any of your projects, you're getting experts and you're getting a lot more influence. So that's the difference between an action group and a fellowship group. A fellowship group, you're going there to have fun. Um, you're not really taking on projects. You're not really, you know, it's just, uh, you know, having social time when action group is you really getting your, you're putting your heads together, you're involving the experts um, and your reach and, and what you can do is just so much greater. And um, you, when you're part of an action group, you're actually making a global impact as opposed to you just in your club doing your little project. You know, if you become part of an action group, it's global. Um, wow. It's not, in your club or in your country. And so can a, and a whole club can grow, can, can join an action group? Like my club could join an action group with this newest one um, for, with days for girls and, and, or an no. individual could. So, so how it would work is individual Rotarians would become members of the action, action group. group. Gotcha. You would feed um, information back. And your gotcha. district could also get involved. So, so in our district, we have something that's called special projects. So we've got gotcha. something that heads up special projects, and we've got people that are on the wash group and on the peace group and on the, um, you know, all different types of groups. And once um, once a quarter, we get together and we just give each other feedback. What's happening in these particular groups? How can we bring it, um, involve our districts more? How can we involve our clubs? But the one thing, the one action group that a club can become part of is the Rotary Action Group for Peace. So right. you that's what you're saying. Yes. Okay. A peace builder club. So you're actually promoting peace. You're actually consciously. Mm-hmm. taking on projects to promote positive peace. Awesome. So to all my listeners out there, I, I go check out an action group. I mean, I know that, that uh, I, I will, I, that's on my, that's on my agenda this week. I think they are a, I, from what you're saying here, I think they are a underused resource in a lot of ways. Um, I know when, around here on a granted I'm on a little island here but I have had presidents put out their list of their their points their goals for the year and there's a line there that says have a member join an action group and you can just kind of see all the kind of the blood rush out of everybody's face because they have no idea what they are they have no idea what they do and so thank you for taking a few minutes to explain what they are because I really think they could be a a jolt to some of these projects and stuff that these people are already doing. I know that my club is already doing that. They could have that extra jolt, especially the one with the, um, the water that they are actually can help you with, with grants and financing some of these projects. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes we forget as Rotarians that there's money out there. If we're just willing to do a couple steps, we can actually do even more work. So, yeah. So, just wow. Sorry, Gwen, just a tip on on action groups. You know, um, when I first became a Rotarian, it was also overwhelming. And I, I, like I said, I belong to quite a few. I think you as a Rotarian need to think, what are you passionate about? And then go to Google and type in, say, for example, it's drug addiction, Mm -hmm. and type in Rotary Action Group for Drug Addiction. And I promise you, the right action group is going to come up for you. Don't go. Rotary website to try and find an action group. It is very tedious. I think look at what your 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 passion is. 
Um, if you're passionate about um, human trafficking, there's a human trafficking action group. Right. There's a, a, a water action group. There's a there's the an action peace group action group, right? And if there isn't an action group that you are passionate about, you can start one. You can start an action group. You don't have to say, oh, well, there isn't one. You you can actually, and the Rotary website actually gives you um, guidelines on how you start an action group if there isn't one in, in the area that you want to get involved in. So I, th- I think that, I think we're saying that the, that the, the biggest difference between a fellowship and an action group is just that one is to Direction. talk about it. Yeah, exactly. One's just to talk about it and explain how much we love it. And the other one is to actually move and do yes. something to fix the problem. Yes. Awesome. Well, I, I feel educated, <laughs> which is, part of what your club does. So thank you for educating me on action groups. So I just have a few more questions for you. And I know it's late at night. Uh, uh, Grace has been so nice to tell me that she is there at, you said 10 o'clock at night? What time is oh, it? Oh, well, there? it's now 11. Oh, it's now 11. Okay. Well, I, you know, it's getting to be bedtime. So um, let me ask you just a couple more then. And, and, and how do you think Rotary can really grow in the future? I mean, you've got a hundred years now behind you. Let's look forward for the next hundred years. What can the Rotary Group of Johannesburg or what can you do? Where do you think we're going to go in the future? I, I think um, for, for the Rotary Club of Johannesburg specifically, I think it's just to be very open-minded and, and to, to look at opportunities and embrace opportunities. And I think we've been very blessed that the members that have are still almost our charter members that are still there um, <laughs> have been very open-minded and, and they've, they've embraced change. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of what we've done is we we've embraced social media. Um, we we've got uh, a member that was inducted in January and we knew that she was going to be going abroad to go and study a master's degree and she's still a member. So she's currently in Hungary and she tunes into our meetings every single week. So um, regardless of the fact Thank that you, she's Zim. not Johannesburg, <laughs> she's still part of our class. Right. She's still taking on a role as a mentor for some of our students because she can do it using technology. So I think we need to embrace technology mm-hmm. more. We need to be more open-minded and we need to not be stuck in ways to say we only look at projects like this or we uh, tried that before and it didn't work. We need oh, to. Oh, I've heard that one before. Them. Yes. They need to guide us. They need to lead us. Because mm-hmm. if we do not open those opportunities, we are not going to attract those members. Because what do we have to offer? At the end of the day, we have a product. Our product needs to be attractive. Mm-hmm. to those younger people and to be attractive to those younger people we need to let the younger people lead us and not the rotarians that have been there for 20 30 years and say well as we do it like this we need to let the younger people lead we need to involve our rotor actors more and not just our rotor actors our interactors what we've done at the rotary club of johannesburg for the last year and a half Every major function that we have, our MC of that function has been a 16-year-old interactor, and it has been phenomenal. Our Interact Club is so intertwined in what we as a club do. And, you know, that 
you've got to do that because otherwise they're going to leave high school. They're not even going to become a rotor actor. Right. Um, the other thing that we need to do is, you know, we always say the conversion from Rotaract to Rotary, it doesn't happen. You know why it doesn't happen? Because we don't ask them to become Rotarians. We assume that they know about Rotary and they just gang to come and join our club. And they love it so much that they should just naturally exactly. just walk right through the door. You can't do that. So what yeah. you need to do is you need to just be speaking to your Rotaractors and you need to bring them onto your existing committees in your club now. Mm-hmm. Start tasking them with things. Give them things to do. Make them in charge of something, even if they're not a member in your club yet, because right. then they will join your club. But we right. just assume that everybody, oh, you, you're a rotor actor, you're an interactor, you're going to stay with us. They're not going to stay with us. We need to make it exciting for those people, and we need to be flexible, and we need mm-hmm. To be able, we 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 need to be able to adapt because we live in a very um, very uh, strange world that is changing all the time, and Constantly, we need to adapt. Yeah. And like um, Jennifer um, uh, Jones says, and and what Rotary International has adopted, diversity, equity, and inclusion. We mm-hmm. need to have that. We really need our people. Our members need to feel included. We need to be diverse, and we need to really have that equity. We we can't just um, run a club with a few people that have always done the job, and the other guys are sitting on the sidelines. We've got to keep retain our members, mm-hmm. and we've got to attract new members. And you've got to be open minded. You've got to you've got to be agile. I. I find it fascinating that the, your, you you emphasize the word equity, and I and I think when we we're actually going to have uh, two members of that group, that RI group, um, that council on the show, and and it's funny. I think they they I think that a lot of people come of it for we'll let anybody in our club, which is true. We will let anybody join Rotary, but to emphasize that oh by the way we have these these interactors and rotor actors that we need to show as much respect for, not because of the color of the skin or their religious beliefs, but just because they are and their yeah. age is part of that diversity that we need to respect. Mm-hmm. I think we forget that. Well said. So that's just about it. Uh, do you have any final words? Do you have any uh, final wishes to the audience of, uh, of uh, you know, your, your club and, and you? Any, I, I any think last thoughts? being a Rotarian is probably the most um, amazing experiences I've ever had in my life. And I'm really blessed and I'm really grateful. I think to be part of or to be the centennial president of a club um, like the club, Rotary Club of Johannesburg with this amazing heritage and history is such a privilege and an honor. And I believe that we will continue building that 100-year legacy. And I really um, invite you all to come and celebrate with us. And please send us those videos to say, um, well done, or um, we want to be part of your celebration, or whatever it is that you want to say to us, or connect with us. Let's just um, build on this international um, partnership that we we have. You know, we have this most amazing network, 
but a, a network can't work if we don't reach out to each other. So I, I just encourage everybody just to reach out and um, make yourself available. Um, create the opportunities. Don't wait for them. Cast out that net in that network, right? <laughs> Grace, thank you so much for being on the show. Congratulations and early happy birthday to you, you and your beautiful city and your continent and your country and everything else. Uh, I, I won't be there, I'm bummed to say, but it sounds like it's going to be quite the party. And uh, uh, look for a, a video from my club for sure. And uh, congratulations. Bravo. Thanks. Congratulations. <laughs> And for the record, the Rotary Club of Woodby West Side all got together to wish them a happy birthday. And from the bottom of my heart, Grace, happy birthday to an amazing club. And here's to another 100 years. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, everyone. Thank you and happy birthday to the Rotary Club of Johannesburg, South Africa. Hey, if you liked the podcast, do tell a friend, won't you? Uh, Have them download and subscribe to it so others can find it. And if you have a story as cool as this one, maybe even cooler. Nah, nah, you know what I mean. I'm just joking. Please send me an email at rotarianpod at gmail.com. I would love to meet them. All right, then. Until next week, one more time. Happy birthday birthday Johannesburg Rotary and I'll hear you next week on the I'm Rotarian podcast thank you so much for listening talk to you soon